time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Thank you for joining me. If you are new here, welcome. This is a fabulous episode. (laughs) And uh, the sound may be a little more echo-like than other weeks, so um, just, just mentioning that if you're noticing, you're not wrong. Um, you are bang on. You have sensitive ears. They're wonderful. And speaking of ears, <laughs> this is a real reach of a segue, but um, why do people want to be loved by musicians? <laughs> why is there some fantasy about that person with the guitar or whatever, singing to you, serenading something, right? Um, This may not be your fantasy per se, but it's in the consciousness of our people, right? It's like, you know what I mean when I say that. I'm thinking about the movie High Fidelity with John Cusack and that great scene where Lisa Bonet is like, we we first meet her. Um, She's on stage singing, I mean, amazing and so gorgeous. And the the three male characters are mesmerized, you know, and they're just swooning and imagining her being their girlfriend, particularly, and they, they don't know her, right? <laughs> like, they don't know her. They have not spoken to her. So this is all happening in a fantasy place in this and they just look so tender. And like, I think um, the main character, Rob, says... I want to live with a musician. She'd write songs at home and ask me what I thought of them and maybe even include one of our private little jokes in the liner notes. Like he's he's way in the future <laughs> with this fantasy of being loved by an artist. Now, you know, as I said, you this might not be your fantasy, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, like the, the idea of someone serenading, writing songs near you, um, painting around you, painting you, photographing you, um, you know, and it's, it's not what's really going on when that happens, but it's what we're imagining it means. And I, I find this really interesting because even if it's not your fantasy, there's a reason why in High Fidelity, um, well, there's a reason why <laughs> they didn't have more than one character like having a group fantasy about dating an accountant, right? Like we would find that confusing, but the audience does not find it confusing that, you know, they're falling in love with this musician. And I mean, side note, if Lisa Bonet played an accountant, (laughs) I don't think it would change anything. And I think we would all still want to marry her. But anyways, that's a side note. Okay, so if you thought accountants make lousy lovers, of course you're wrong. And if you thought former hula hoop instructors make beautiful websites, you would be correct. This episode of The Soft Shoulder, I mean, come on. (laughs) It's brought to you by Alison Tarr. 
alisontar.com. She makes this po- this possible, this, this podcast. And um, if you are looking to have a beautiful website built, you can check her out there, alisontar.com. It's true. She was a hula hoop instructor. I learned a few tricks from Allison and um, I highly recommend her, alisontar.com. So why do we fantasize about <laughs> being loved by artists? You know, and I know that maybe the first few thoughts are like, it's about ego, having your ego stroked, right? Like, why would (laughs) you want your photo taken or your portrait painted or like a song written about you, right? Like, that's there, sure. But that's just a part of it. You know, as is, I think, if you've read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, she speaks about what she calls shadow artists. And that's those of us who hang out with artists. They might be people who date artists and like of all kinds. And it's, it's, it's us creative people who have been blocked, have had an art wound, uh, don't feel like we're creative, but we want to be close to it. So we might manage a musician. We might date a painter, right? We might hang out with other creative people and like, you know, I don't know, book them gigs or whatever. And it's like wanting to be close and, and it's like you're a shadow. You're shadowing these artists around because you don't know um, what that, that you are also a creative being. But this is a common phenomenon for people who have been disconnected from their own creativity, right? So I think that's part of it too. Like there's part ego, maybe part shadow artistry, like wanting to be close to the action, you know? Um, but I think... That another really important detail here is what we're imagining. So like to be the subject of one's art is to be paid exquisite attention. If you are that the subject and, and an artist, a photographer loves you and is photographing you, you are the subject. And there is a certain quality of attention that this artist is going to place on you. You know, it's not just so much about like the surface, right? But what, what will they see? What is this artist going to see that other people maybe don't see? And what is this artist going to see that you don't even see about yourself? Will some kind of beauty be revealed in you that you hadn't yet seen and hadn't really been witnessed Right, because I think that's one of the things. And I'm really generalizing whatever we're calling an artist, but you know, one of those things is finding beauty where other people don't find it, finding meaning where other people, you know, overlook. Right. So I think to be loved by an artist is about being seen, our beauty being seen, our meaning being seen, um, it being worth witnessing. Right. If you if you think back to any movie you've, you've watched, where let's take that classic uh, scenario of like a, a painter and a model. The model is on that you know velvet sofa or whatever <laughs> in some some studio, and then a bunch of feet away is like a messy wooden easel and a painter with the palette in one hand and the brushes, and it's everything's a mess, right? Um, <laughs> so. Even, you know, the person on the sofa may or may not be in some state of undress. Um, 
they may be, they're often many feet away, like, you know, 10, 12 feet or more away from one another. But the artist is paying such close attention, right? To the shapes of the person's shoulder, to the way the, the light hits their cheeks, to the exact color richness of their skin, of their hair, the shadows on their body where they fall, the sadness in their eyes. Like there's no hiding there, right? So the, 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 the subject on the sofa is very vulnerable, but also the artist is, is vulnerable because, you know, this can be distilled into some like, here's a hot person and here's a painter. But I'm, I'm talking about like the real <laughs> witnessing, right? Because it's not only vulnerable to be the person on the sofa, it's vulnerable to be the artist, right? To witness and to be witnessed, there's, there's vulnerability on both sides to unabashedly look at somebody and be seen looking, right? To have your witnessing be witnessed, right? There's that moment of eye contact, that tension of like, we're looking at each other in this intimate way. Having, you know, someone's gaze upon you, catching that gaze, it's, I feel like there's something in the seeing, right? And it's a quality of attention. It's curiosity, you know, it's, it's not looking for flaws. It's looking for the whole. It's looking for the whole form. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be about physical appearances or aesthetics either, right? Because, you know, if, if this is a musician or a poet, let's say, um, you know, they might be coming up with like metaphors, ideas, words, melodies that capture the way this, you know, the subject makes them feel, right? And so, so much music is based on that, right? So much music is based on love and desire and, you know, the witnessing of someone else, right? So I think it's really about to be loved by an artist or by a musician or by a poet or by someone that we're deeming that position as being creative. It's to be witnessed in a way in a, in a way that no one else has witnessed right and what is that way it's like the way an an artist might see we're just imagining this i don't like you know artists are people <laughs> and artists can be assholes so like it's not like every artist is you know respectful or having this experience but this is where i think the root in the fantasy is of that kind of loving attention right? And I want you to, I want to ask you a question. So as I've been talking and I've been saying artist, artist, what are you picturing? Who are you picturing right now? Are you picturing some like a sculptor? Are you picturing someone with like a beret (laughs) and a smock? Are you picturing a specific artist? Are you picturing like I don't know, um, like a noise artist or like a DJ or like something like what are, what's, I'm just curious and just notice, um, what image, what archetype came up for you? Because it's going to be different for all of us, right? Because artists are people and (laughs) there are all kinds, right? Um, you know, there are, are artists who are meticulous, meticulous, is that the word? Meticulous? (laughs) paper artists, right? Like there are like they're like working so f- finely, so precisely with a delicate material. 
Then there's the artists that, you know, I think are more, more commonly pictured, like the chaos, the color, the paint splattering, right? There's artists who are eccentric filmmakers who like don't ever communicate with anybody. <laughs> there's artists who are masterful glass blowers, artists who um, require a certain kind of physical strength and muscle to work with whatever material they're working. There's whimsical choreographers, Romantic photographers, technical puppeteers, wild dancers, deep tinkers and thinkers. There's so many ways that we can, one can be an artist. And, you know, they're willing to, I think one thing about artists is that they are willing to, if not compelled <laughs> to, indulge their curiosities right? They'll feel called, like either they're willing to give it that time or they feel like they don't have a choice to explore their fascinations, to ask big questions, to make beauty, to show us beauty, even in the grotesque, right? To illuminate beauty where we don't see it. And we love artists because they challenge us, because they entertain us, because they inspire us. They show us what they see, they show us something different. We go to shows, we go to exhibits, we go to performances to see the world through the perspectives of this artist. There's, there's like this world of possibility that opens up when we allow ourselves to be creative, right? So I think that this fantasy about being loved by an artist comes down basically to just wanting to be seen, Wanting to be seen with all of that possibility, including the grotesque, including the fascinating, right? To be seen the way an artist sees. Now, did you know that you can love yourself that way? This, I, <laughs> as you know, I don't usually have like notes. I have some notes today. But I, you know, I'm so excited by this idea. It's the combination between self-marriage, which is making the commitment to a lifelong loving relationship with yourself, and an artist's mindset, an artist's perspective, the availability of every facet that we've touched on so far and all the ones that I am like overseeing. So my new program, The Art of Self-Marriage, this is a, a year-long engagement program. It's not just a container to help you prepare for and begin a lifelong marriage with yourself. It is that. But what's different is that it's about doing it creatively. It's about loving yourself like an artist, right? Making it and making the whole experience truly yours, making it personal, right? finding your own way of doing it as artists do. You know, I've, if you've been following me for any length of time, maybe even like way back, if like my first blog, <laughs> you would know, I've been writing about self-marriage. I've been exploring this work and developing this work for many years. And maybe even some of you have been to my flirting with self-marriage workshops, you know? And so it's been around for a long time and I've, you know, I know I knew that I wanted to do something bigger, but I wasn't sure 
why I couldn't seem to land on a curriculum. Like I have done this many times and there's lots of, you know, reasons why, but with the amount of time that's gone on, it's like, there's those reasons are fine, but like something has been holding me, something bigger has been holding me back from delivering the kind of program, the kind of commitment that I really wanted to offer. And, um, you know, it's like, I, I realized that, you know, I, I kept trying to come down to like some kind of blueprint, like, okay, like I need to map out my experience. I need to like, what are the steps and what are the things? And I just kept getting stuck on it. I would get bored. So here I am like so passionate about it and I want to share it. I'm so passionate about sharing it. And then when I would try to like, it was like putting magic in a jar, you know, it was just like, I don't know, like, I don't know if we can do this, you know? And, um, the reason why, and the reason why I'm so excited is because when I got married to myself, I was an art student. I was young. I didn't have a lot of resources. I wasn't following a blueprint, right? I just made it up because that's what was available at the time. Like I did not have a computer, (laughs) And I did not like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any examples, right? So I was using my imagination and I was very much immersed in my studies as a young artist and I made it up. And all these years later, as I've been coming back, like thinking about this curriculum, I'm like, oh, that was the point, right? The point was that it was made up. The point was, is that I created it. The point was I did it my way. And I wasn't following a blueprint. Like I wasn't, I took elements of traditional marriage um, and like, you know, made them mine. But I really, it didn't feel right to teach something and have everybody go through the same thing. I do think that there's a structure and I think that there are markers um, like ceremony, like courtship, like there's lots of these things, but it was that artist piece I was missing. And you know what? I was missing it because I was so close to it. You know how if like a fish doesn't know it's in water, I'm assuming. I don't know if you've asked any fish lately, (laughs) if they're aware of their surroundings, but like, it's like we won't, you know, often on, you know, you're writing a gratitude list, you might not mention air or gravity, even though they are giving you so much life right now, but it's, we're, we're just surrounded by it that we don't even see it. Right. And I think that the the mindset of an artist was just so close to me that I didn't see what a powerful and important ingredient this is to why the last almost 20 years of self-marriage have been as rewarding and long-lasting, right? Because I built it myself. I wasn't, I didn't do someone else's blueprint of what this should be. So everything that was created along the way was created with meaning. It was created with, you know, with roots, right? So, you know, I have a lot of wonderful gifts to share with you in this program. I'm so excited to finally be able to do this. Um, So much that I'd like, you know, well, you'll have to be in the program to find out. Um, But I really think this first one alone is enough of a game changer that the whole thing is worth it, which is why we will be starting there. 
the first month. That's how the program will begin. So it's having an artist mindset. It's not about being an artist. Like you don't have to make art. You don't have to be good at anything like that. You don't ever have to use that word. Um, but <laughs> you can absolutely have the artist mindset. And I am going to teach you how to find yours so that again, you're not using my artist mindset. I'm a different person. We'll find one that has all the right notes that just feels like home for you. If any of this is resonating, then there's threads. If you're, li- if you're still listening, <laughs> then I know that there are threads of like a creative family tree that, you know, you have access to, that you're inspired by, and something about what I'm saying makes sense to you. You have access to this. I believe that you are a creative being. I believe we are all born creative and that we have a very limited view of what that means. We're conditioned very early to sort who's the artist and who's not the artist in a kindergarten class. Um, As we get older, it's like, you know, can I make this a business idea? (laughs) And if not, I won't bother, you know, we can joke about this, but it is painful. It is really painful. And I feel like the world is suffering because of it. Because if, if there's anything that we need more of, um, like it's, it's us being in touch with our creativity, our minds being able, when you're creative, you can change your mind, right? (laughs) Certainly you can open your mind. You can be creative. You see from different perspectives. You find beauty. You find solutions. You find creative solutions. Think about how the world could change, how things could shift if more people were feeling at home or even just a little more confident in their creativity, in a playful way of being, in trusting their own imaginations, in trying something out you know, throwing it on the table, seeing if it works. And if it doesn't, then you just make a collage out of it or do something else, right? You know, so I also think that our creativity, it's just deeply connected with our relationships with ourselves. You know, it's a fun way, this artist mindset, it's, you could have an artist mindset for anything. And the reason why I think it's so beautifully paired with self-marriage is because we need reminders, about our own ability to create something from nothing. We need, you know, practice and confidence and and the soothing feeling of, you know, just having some creative time. You know, if you have kids and if you've ever been a kid, (laughs) you know, we all start out, we all start out making it. We all start out sitting around a table with crayons. We start out with blocks. We start out playing, Right? thinking creatively, making up stories. And we learn about ourselves. We learn about each other. We create ourselves. We create the world through our creativity. So this relationship is strong. It's a beautiful way. And also it's a lovely way to learn um, and to to get the learning in through a different channel. So with the Art of Self-Marriage program, there's three live sessions every month. One is for study. There'll be a module for that month. There'll be a theme and I will go over that. We'll we'll have like a little study session um, all based on the curriculum. The second live call of the month is a studio session 
where we will build off of that theme and have some creative playtime. And, you know, if any of this is intimidating, some of it's going to be coloring, you know, some of it's going to be doodling. Some of it's going to be, you don't have to have any experience at all. It's going to be designed in a way that there are lots of entry points, but imagine that you have that built in for a year, every month. I know the months fly by even with the best of intentions, but if I had like one really wonderful creative session every month, I mean, for a whole year, that's totally something to celebrate. And gosh, who knows what will happen? Who knows what you'll love? Who knows what you'll find enjoyment in? Who knows what you'll make? What aha moment you'll have doing this. The third monthly call, there's three every month, is a sanctuary session. And those I'm really looking forward to as well, because they're going to be the only calls that are not recorded. So this is what you might expect of like an open office hours call in a, you know, another kind of program. The sanctuary calls are the safe space where we can gather and you could bring up anything, something that's on the theme of that month, something that's on the module or anything that's coming up. It's like self-marriage counseling <laughs> and, uh, and there won't be recordings for it. So it'll just be for the people who show up live. And I really hope you do. It's a place where we can just connect and you can get support and encouragement. You know, if you've been a regular listener, you know, I love to give permission I am excited when you say no to things you don't want to do. I am excited when you say yes to the things that you really do want to do. And when you realize that you can make choices, you can make different choices, you can do things that delight you just for that reason, you know? Um, Another reason why I know that like so much is possible here is that Um, over the winter, uh, we had two sessions of self-love coloring club and, you know, we were, it was very simple and we were just coloring, you know, I drew some pages, we colored together. It was a very loose drop in relaxed vibe for a handful of weeks in December. And then again in the new year, but it opened up, it opened up surprising things for people just coloring, coloring someone else's drawing, but just picking the colors, sitting down and feeling that feeling of like rubbing the color back and forth, moving it in different directions, remembering the last time you did it, remembering something that you used to want, remembering how much fun it was. Things started to open up, these whispers, these voices, these ideas, they start to wake. It doesn't take much. It doesn't have to be eight weeks of watercolor or, you know, like a summer of sculpting. Like it doesn't have to be that. It can be cooking. Like I said, it can be storytelling. Just imagining, being playful. So often these are ways that we come home to ourselves, right? To our real personalities, our style, our sense of humor, the way we see things. And to be able to do that with you, with a whole group of you, I'm just so incredibly excited. Um, So if you are curious about this, I have pushed the date back. I don't know if I, I don't know if I said summer of 2021 or if I was (laughs) imagining that I said that. Um, It will be September. I have moved it to, um, because my wife, Danette, said, um, hey, that's a bit soon. (laughs) I need a little more time. 
Um, we've got some other things going on. I want this to be like a really relaxed and fun, uh, you know, on ramp. And I love September. I just really love the energy. That's fresh start back to school feeling, you know, so, um, something to look forward to. Um, uh, it should be up on the website soon, but if you have any questions or you just want to say hi, let me know you're interested. You can always reach out Danette at RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com. So if you're already interested in self-marriage, if you've been saying things like, you know, I really want to start putting myself first, but then you're just not sure what to do. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that we might put off until life gets more, you know, easier. Life is less complicated. But the truth is, is that when life is complicated, that's when we really need a strong self-marriage, right? That's when we need to be saying yes to ourselves, having it in place then, right? There's not going to be an easier time, right? (laughs) You know, this is one of the easiest things to put on the back burner, right? So I'm so happy to be holding that space for you. Um, You can say yes, you can say yes to me. I will hold that space. We will have so much fun um, and you won't find it anywhere else. It's really unlike any other program. So um, enjoy thinking about what it might be to love yourself like an artist, to look at the world like an artist does. Take anything, anything at all from this episode. Um, If you just start looking for beauty in places where you didn't see it, if you just stop, stop a little bit, slow down a little bit, take some time to notice light and shadow, that's, that's the beginning. That's enough. Just move in that direction. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with a friend. Invite someone else to see the world the way you want to see the world. To say, yes, you know, you are marrying yourself, but also it's a pretty fun thing to do with a friend. It's a great thing to chat about and not everybody understands. So, um, Yes, please do share if you feel inspired. I am so grateful for your time and attention. I am so grateful for your wonderful reviews on iTunes and all of your lovely feedback. And I'm just really grateful for you, for you who are listening here, you who are thinking about, maybe nervous about, maybe you've already decided you're in to say yes to you. This just makes me so incredibly happy because I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens in the world when more people can say yes to themselves, be kind to themselves, find beauty in themselves. We find it in each other easier. We have more to give when we can give to ourselves in this way. I have tons more to say. You'll hear a lot more here on The Soft Shoulder. You'll hear a lot more in The Art of Self-Marriage. Until then, you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Take good care and we'll talk to you soon.